from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, host of The Dr. John Deloney Show, and number one best-selling author, is my co-host today as we take your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888 825 Five. Chelsea starts this hour off in Mobile, Alabama. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hey, Dave. Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, thank you so much for taking this call. It really means a lot to me. I actually sent this question in after watching y'all's smart conference in Nashville a few weeks ago, and it just meant a lot that y'all reached out to have me ask this question live. So um, I guess I'll get right into it. I've been um, working the baby steps since 2019. I've paid off $32,000 worth of credit card debt in my car. Good Hope for you. Hope to never have a car note. Yeah, thank you. Hope to never have a car note ever again. Um, I still owe $72,000 in student loan debt. Um, I currently rent in Alabama. Um, and my husband, I'm married. My husband lives in Maryland, and we own a house in Maryland. He works for the railroad and he hasn't been able to find opportunities equivalent to what he has right now in Maryland. Long story short, I lived in Maryland for five years. That's where I met him. I'm a person in recovery from substance use. I moved away to get well and then moved back closer down south to where my son from my first marriage is. So that's why we're living separate right now because my son is down south. So um, my question is, I'm looking to get closer to my son in Mississippi. He lives about an hour and a half away from me. And like I said, I currently rent. The town that he lives in is very rural, and there's not a lot of opportunities to rent. There's nothing available based on the four calls that I've made. It's, like I said, a small community. So my husband and I are considering looking to purchase a second home for me in Mississippi near where my son is, and this would require us to go outside of the baby steps, and we're just trying to weigh all of our options here, and I feel like I'm in a race against time to spend more time with my son while he's, you know, at this stage of life. He's 12. Um, and right now I only get him every other weekend in the summers. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Just trying to weigh all of our options. It sounds to me like you are trying to do everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a struggle. I mean, I I feel comfortable renting, you know, I'd be fine to rent if I were closer to my son. No, I'm not talking, I'm not Um, talking about money. I'm talking about you're trying yeah. to do a long distance marriage. You're you're really right now trying to do long distance parenting. Yeah. And you're trying to clean up your finances and you're trying to stay sober. You're trying to do a lot of stuff all at the same time. And I'm afraid yeah. all of this is going to implode on itself. You're asking a lot of you. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean It's too much. Um I feel yeah, I feel like, you know, if, if I could get in a second house, my, and, and to say to my husband and I don't combine finances, at least not now, we're not against it. We just, us living separate, it's just made sense for us not to put our finances together. And that may be wrong, you know, maybe we hey, can let me, look at Let me combining. stop a second, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that you need to be near your 12-year-old. Yeah. But you need yeah. to be near your husband more. Yeah. It's more important. Yeah. And there's nothing in this conversation has ever ended this fact that you're in two different cities. I never one time have I heard you all bring this to a close. Everything it's almost yeah. like it was going on forever, the way you talk about it. You guys yeah. don't have a plan to land this plane. And that's bothering yeah. me more than anything you're asking about. You, I've been you, married forty one years and somebody asked me the other night how we've been married forty one years, it's cause I told Sharon if she leaves, I'm going with her. I couldn't yeah. stand to do what you're doing. No. I, I would be a complete wet 
dish rag wimp. I couldn't do yeah. it. I well, could I couldn't I couldn't well, make me, it. She well, says she say says if you, she I dies work. I'm going to get married remarried in about 30 minutes just cuz I can't make it. You know, that's what yeah. she says, you know, and she's right. You know, so I don't understand I don't I can't get my head around what y'all are doing. Well, I, I work from home, so I'm able to see him. Like we make plans to see each other every six weeks, where I stay with him for two that's, weeks. And that's then I'm not back marriage. Home. That's yeah. a that's a fun weekend dating opportunity. Yeah, this is not a good yeah, plan, honey. And if you buy another house, you're cementing yourselves yes. further apart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, what would be the solution? Like, if I lived with, you know, having my experience in substance use and mental health, like, what would would it hurt my son from him not to have his mom full time? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a temporary yeah. thing that I'm wanting to spend this time with my son until he's grown. You know. Well, it's only six years. Like for the next five years. Yes, yeah, five to yeah. six years. By yeah. then, your marriage is dust. Yeah. And it's it's not so much of a marriage right now, like it. it let me put it this way. Um, I know yeah. firsthand people close to me that I love and care about who are married to the railroad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If my wife said, I have to leave this town in order to stay sober and be mentally and physically well, I don't care what my job is. I quit. I'm yeah. going to go with her. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. right now, as far as I'm concerned, he is choosing Mm-hmm. He's married to his job more than he's married to his wife. And you're married to a 12-year-old more than your husband. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. so what you're... Hu- no, I would not buy a house. No. You guys got to solve for this. Yeah. He needs to come yeah. down there and y'all buy a house and sell the house in Maryland. And until that's done, you don't buy. That's what needs yeah. to happen. Um, or yeah. you need to go back to Maryland and you need to spend the money you would have spent on the house on airline tickets to come see your boy or more often. He needs his mama well more than he needs a stretched, thin, barely hanging on, barely sober mom coming to see him. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine going back to using. I mean, August will be 10 years that I've been clean and sober. Way to go. I'm proud of you. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine going back there. But the thing is, you don't want to. There's no point in creating all these stress points. That's what John's saying about you being thin. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's just yeah and you're right. Yeah. Somebody needs to give up something here to get a mm-hmm. more sane life situation. And only then do you make the decision to buy. But no, cementing this separated marriage by you buying a house uh, for six years? No. No. Yeah, I, I would make a very clear within 90 days, within 180 days, Here's we, what we're gonna we do. are living together. Some way or another. Right. And what's that look like? How's and that happen? you may have to deal with an ugly reality. An ugly reality where he says, I'm not leaving. And then y'all are going to have some hard choices to make and some hard decisions to make. But just pretending that those hard decisions don't have to be made is just making you both crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. I'm yeah, sorry, I hate sorry it for you're you. going through all this. Yeah. And I love, I love how you want to be there with your son. And I think that that is, it is important. Um, and there's other ways to accomplish it rather than buying a house and, uh, in a town cause you hadn't been able to find a rental, but I don't even want you buying a rent. I don't even want you finding a rental. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to solve for how we're going to be together and how we're going to serve the 12 year old. And I, I think it's important, Dave, people call my show all the time asking about, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with an anxious kid? Or how do I deal with a kid that's struggling with depression? The number one answer I'm always going to tell parents is you go get well. 
because your kids are absorbing that stuff. You yeah. go take care of you, make sure you're whole, and then circle back and start trying to solve your kid. It almost always, not always, but almost always begins to lift that child up when mom and dad are whole. Not a 12-year-old on, on the planet that doesn't look at this marriage situation and go, huh? Right. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Chris is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. So just a little bit of background. I'm 42. Uh, I am free. And um, I have been, haven't been debt-free all my life, probably the last 15 years. But um, I feel guilty every time I spend money. We have 401k savings. We um, invest money. I still work. My wife still works. But it pains me to spend anything over $100 sometimes. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell me, do you still feel that even after 30 years of being debt-free or whatnot? Because I feel it. Our house is paid off we have no payments and I still get that clinching in my stomach every time we have to go do anything. I can't relax and have fun. So I was wondering if you could tell me maybe how you feel or if you felt the same way after you got out of debt and built, built a bunch of wealth. It's not, it's not guilt. It's fear. That makes sense. And what that is, is your, as jo Dr. John Deloney would say, your body is remembering being broke. And it's telling you that, that your spending is a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. And so your fear activates. That's what happened to me even anyway. Even 10 years after you got debt free. Not 10 years, but for a while it did. And I, I, what I did is just what you've done. I just recognized it was happening and I kind of like you're doing, I started asking the question, what the flip's going on? I mean, what's wrong right. with you? You got a million dollars. What are you yeah. pissing and moaning about going to the grocery store for, you know? Oh, it drives my wife crazy. Drives yeah. Me I mean, that's what, that's what I, that was daddy. me talking to me, not you. Okay. But I'm just right. saying I had to kind of go, okay. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll just bring, I'll channel my inner Deloney. God help us. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, but the <laughs> you're doing good. Uh, but but the you know the the, the thing it, it um I had to do two things. One is I had to say, all right, facts are my friends. 
Okay, so what is your net worth, Chris? I would say probably 2.2. And you're 42 years old, and you're 100% debt-free, and your household income is what? Uh, Around 275. Okay, so let's just be realistic for a second. If we took $200,000 in $100 bills out of your net worth and put it in the fireplace and burned it, he's now got cold sweats, Jade. Um, I know he does. If we did that, if we did that, your life is not going to change 1%. Really? That's a fact. No, that's a fact. Yeah, Other than the true. nervous breakdown that you would have. But I'm just saying, but the but you you know what I'm saying? Mathematically, are you as okay with two million as you are with two point two? You are. Yeah. We know that to yeah. be true. That is a fact. Right. It's a fact. Right. So when you go and, and 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 go on a nice vacation and drop ten grand for your poor wife who has put up with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me i just did that and i had a nervous break i know i, I know but the reason break. is you're you're acting like your your fear mechanism is activating as if you're broke and the facts tell us that that is a false signal and can i take it one further chris because i kind of yeah. relate to some of what you're saying um on sam and i's journey through this debt-free journey and and then some I've had to go, there's been certain moments that I've had to go back and find where that emotion is coming from. Mm-hmm. And I've had to think back on what what was the instance where that was ignited? Like, okay, it was when I asked for lunch money and, and, and someone blew up on me, right? Or it was because I did this and that was the first time that that triggered that. There was that. a phrase you heard. Yes. I love we, it. we ain't got no money. That was the phrase I heard growing up, Chris. And there's been so many times in my life I've, ha- I've had to go back and find where that came from and speak to it directly and go, hey, if, if, I, if I buy this pair of tennis shoes right now, it's not going to break the budget. No one's going to yell at me. No one's going to, you know, and I've had to go back and say that if I buy what I would like to have for lunch at the grocery store, there's no guilt there. I'm not going to throw the budget off. The family's not going to pay for it. I've had to say that. And I think sometimes my guess is that there's some things that have happened that have caused some trigger in you and you got to go back and identify that and on, honestly speak directly to it and say, hey, I'm not there anymore. And I'll tell I'm you, this, I'll tell you this, that another, another place we've dealt with this, Chris, was um, once I kind of started getting past it, the fear, the sheer, it's not fear, it's sheer terror mm-hmm. that my wife Sharon felt when we went bankrupt and lost everything and we had a brand new baby and a toddler and the lights got cut off. If I even have a similar body language or tone 30 years later towards spending like the emergency fund and it makes it activates that it triggers that inside of her mm-hmm. we have to we have to just time out and back up because she has to start breathing again it because she i can i can she's she feels like i'm doing what i did when i went broke for just a nanosecond and it activates and all of these lights light up in her in, in her uh, her physical body changes i mean her her, her she gets pissed off from being really terrified yeah. again and it just doesn't That's how i am yeah yeah and it, it, it activates it, all fear and anger are best friends they run around mm-hmm. together and so um terrible feeling yeah it is it is know? but here's the point okay number one facts are your friends 
all you got to do is when you start doing that, you just have to stop and go, now, wait a minute. That's not real. This is, this is fear that's called false evidence appearing real. This is a, this is a falsehood. Us spending this money is not irresponsible and it's not going to break our family. And you just have to talk to yourself and build the muscle then of doing that. The other thing you can do is you have a very specific process put in place and go, okay, like for instance, Sharon and I, we do not spend or give more than a thousand dollars without talking to each other. And if it's more than a thousand dollars, we wait overnight. Also, we breathe. Now, okay. do we have okay. to do that mathematically today? Absolutely not. We got all kinds of margin, but we do it as an act of respect to each other to keep from activating those scars, those wounds from having gone broke. And, uh, you know, it was the first five years after going broke for me. And even today, I'm telling you that we still, if we're, if we don't abide by some certain processes that are safety valves, yep. then we can still step back over that line. And there are emotional processes. They're mm -hmm. not mathematical processes. That's Cause right. again, we could give away, I mean, we could take X number of dollars and put it in the middle of the floor and burn it and yep. it wouldn't affect our lives. We've got the money. It's not, mm -hmm. that's not the issue. So mathematically, it's not the problem, but, but the action, the body language, the tone, the process used seems impulsive, mm -hmm. irresponsible, out of control, immature, and it, it feels like the old days. That's right. And boy, it'll light your butt up. It will. I mean, it's just another component to when we say money is, I mean, it's behavioral and it's behavioral in the moment, but it's also taking into account the behaviors you did beforehand and you feel that and you're still connected to those. And so when you get in a moment where you're like, why am I freaking out right now? You know, when I know for Sam, if the bank account used to hit a certain number, he'd start being like, okay, 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 we got to go do something. Okay, 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 and, okay. and that's the way it is. We can't act like these things didn't have an effect on us mentally and that that behavior didn't affect us because it does. Now I am much more healed. Yes. 30 years ago than I was 30 months mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after the bankruptcy. Yes. You know, 30 years later versus 30 months later. Mm -hmm. And so you should go through a healing process, but it's also just wise to acknowledge what's really going on here. And Absolutely. then number one, we're going to say, oh, that's not real. Number two, you look at the actual ratios and go, okay, we're, we're not being irresponsible. So why am I feeling, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then you learn to pr you practice your way through normal feelings mm -hmm. versus wounded feelings. Mm -hmm. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Carrie is with us in Montgomery, Alabama. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? 
Um, so I recently got a divorce. Well, I left him last summer. It was like a domestic violence situation that I had to get out, and I was in nursing school full time. And so I got out, and I got Good. back on my feet like a lot quicker than I thought I would. Um, Good for you. So a, lot, I, a lot quicker than he job. told you you would. Oh yeah, he said I'd be nothing, you know, yeah, all that you, fun stuff. And you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be the rock star that we all know you to be. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, and um, but anyways, he kind of controlled the finances. So I did um, have I had a credit card left, but I hadn't been using it. I kind of used it to get a lawyer and to kind of get back on my feet. And so I have about six thousand dollars left. I had like sixteen, but I've been paying it off. Um, and then I got a job. I work in like medical sales now, and I, my base pays like sixty, and with commission I make on top of that. Um, about five to seven every month. It kind of varies. My worst month was like 3000, but it was when I was getting started. Um, but I did buy a house in November. Unfortunately, when interest rates were 7.25, it's an FHA loan. I have 26,000 auto loan, on, but it's 3% interest rate. I got a really good interest rate on that. And then I have about 18,000 in student loans. So I'm just wondering like what I should pay off first. And then on, we just closed on our house. We flipped houses together, and I we had to split the last profit. So I have twenty five thousand from that. That I just Great. put in the money market. I got it. I got it like a week ago. That'll jumpstart your market. plan. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. It's making. It's like a four point five APY. So it's a really good money market. So so far, no. Um. So I'm trying to decide. Like, should I keep it there? Should what should I pay off first? I really want to get a better home interest rate, but I'm just not sure when I'll be able to do that. You know. Yeah. Well, Carrie, you're you're doing an incredible job. I mean, you absolutely have um, taken hold of your life. I mean, you're doing incredible work wise. You're making great money, and yeah, you're you're just in an incredible spot. Which I'm really I'm really happy for you. And I mean, that's a courageous. Um, uh, the whole event is a courageous thing that you just stepped out of, and you said I'm I'm taking life back in my own hands. So I'm just really I'm impressed by you in that way. Um, do you have any other money saved besides this $25,000 that's in a money market account? Um, not really. Like I have my banking account set up for, um, like 20%. I just stuck it up to 40% of like when I get paid, it just automatically goes to my savings, my money market. Um, so I was saving like 20% each paycheck. So I have about 2000 in savings on top of that. So maybe 27,000. Okay. Total. That's great. Okay. So what I would do is I would take this $25,000 and we teach you to pay off the smallest debt first. So with that mm-hmm. 25,000 plus you have $2,000 in your sa- your other savings, which I would take that down. I would drain it down to a thousand. Uh, so you really have $26,000 that can be thrown at this debt, which means you can pay off this credit card and then you'll be paying off, gosh, this, this auto loan. So you only have $6,000 left on your car. No. By mm-hmm. the end of today, no, you got twenty six thousand and eighteen and twenty six on the car, right? Yeah, she has six thousand yes. dollars in credit card debt. No, yes, four thousand of that is like a twenty four month interest free credit card. You so got an eighteen thousand dollars student like, loan. Yes, unfortunately, oh, that's, that's right. So yeah. you got eighteen thousand dollars student loan, and then you got how much on your credit cards? Um, six thousand, but four thousand okay. of that is like interest free. I don't care. So. We're not going to play interest free yeah. <laughs> games, and interest rates don't matter. You are in debt. We need to yeah. clean up the debt. Okay, 
When you get the debt cleaned up, you're going to have no payments anywhere in your life, and you're making money. You're going to put this whole horrible mess in your rearview mirror, and it's just going to be smoke back there. It's going to be awesome. I love it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I would write a check today and pay off your credit cards, and I would close every one of those credit card accounts and use only a debit Mm -hmm. card for your transactions. Then I would pay off the student loan today. Okay. And then you've only got the car left at twenty six thousand, right? Yes. Okay. And we, we people people keep talking about the student loan forgiveness. Do you think that's ever going to happen, or no? Okay. <laughs> and you know what? Even if it, even if it does, you borrowed the money you owe it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you make good money now. You're going to be making a hundred thousand dollars this year, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So pay off your twenty six thousand dollars student loan. Okay. Who cares? Yeah, and the house I bought is a fixer-upper, so should I just wait on fixing yep. up the house? Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's get the debts okay. cleaned up. Because when you don't have any payments but the house payment and you're making $100,000 a year, do you feel that freedom already when I just said that? Mm-hmm. Wow. You got no yeah. payments but a house payment? You can fix that house up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And no more debt. No mm-hmm. more debt. You don't need any banks telling you what to do. You got rid of a jerk that used to tell you what to do. We don't need anybody else telling you what to do. You are amazing. Go get it done, girl. Yeah. And when should I refinance my house since I just bought it? When you're able to get a lower interest okay. rate. All right. As soon as you call Churchill Mortgage and find out what you've got to do. Is your credit damaged mm-hmm. by this mess? Is that the problem? Um, I paid off a lot of it so it shot back up. Um, it was like a six fifty, but now it's back up above a seven hundred. So when did you do that? But before, before, or after you got this seven and a quarter. Um, I did that a couple of weeks ago when I first I got like thirty two thousand, and I paid most of it off with that. Does that make oh, okay. sense? And then I was making chunks. Of, I was doing like a thousand dollars payment okay. on the credit card. Yeah, go, go ahead and get like rid of months. this debt. Mm-hmm. All this debt, and when you get rid of all this debt, you're going to see that card, that that score jump up again. And right when it does that, if you can get down around a 6%, that'll give you a a one and a quarter savings. That'll make it worth refinancing and call Churchill Mortgage and get that. If you can get it down to 6% or lower, it's going to be worth refinancing. Mm -hmm. And should I do a 15-year or 30-year? Always a 15-year. And, uh, hey, listen, you're asking a bazillion different questions about all of the different things because now you're in control of your life again. And I want we want to help you with this recovery, this bounce back that you're doing and give you the confidence on the money piece to do everything. I want you to go through Financial Peace University because we want to be a, a little part of your amazing story. And so you hang on. We're going to have Austin pick up. We're going to pay for you to go through this class. It's online. You can do it. And you're, it's, you know, when you get all these answers, these questions are all swimming around your head and you're going to go through this class and go, oh, now I know exactly yeah. what to do. Your confidence is even going to soar more and you're probably going to make more than a hundred. Then you probably make a hundred and a quarter. And with that care, you're going to get every dollar plus as well. And so honestly too, the, the amount of control you're going to feel of just budgeting when that paycheck hits, knowing exactly where it's going. And once this debt's paid off, because even at the end of today, I'm like, you could have just your car loan left at 24,000 and not get out. So you can actually start to see your goals and where your money's going and being really intentional with it. And there's something empowering too about that. And again, especially from what you've walked through the last year and a half, to be able to have full control over that income where your money doesn't even have you, like you truly have it. You are the one controlling it. 
there is something in that too. And just that simple budgeting app, I'm telling you, that's going to give you so much freedom and so much confidence. So we're excited for you, Carrie. By the way, for those of you out there that think you have a friend or a relative that is uh, a victim of uh, domestic violence, uh, married to a jerk who thinks his wife's a punching bag, um, let me tell you a real symptom. The data shows this, and we know this from 30 years of working in these situations. If the guy is 1,000% in control of the money and will not let his wife make a single decision of any kind with the money, there's a high correlation between that behavior and domestic violence. Because if he can control the money, he thinks he can control her. And this this whole domestic violence thing is about control. And so if you see a guy who's doing that to his wife, he's probably beating her. That's what I'm saying. Not 100%, but there's a high correlation to that. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. If you want to understand a little bit more about what's going on with all things Ramsey, uh, we've got a little free process to help you. Just go to RamseySolutions.com. Click the Get Started button. It'll help you ascertain where you are and what the next steps are to get where you want to be. Yeah, that's how that works. So get started at RamseySolutions.com. Of course, come free george camel ramsey personality my co-host today and matt is in portland oregon hey matt welcome to the ramsey show hey guys thanks for taking my call sure what's up um i recently discovered your show and really can't get enough so thank you thank you i'm 52 yeah i'm 52 my wife is 47 and our household take home is roughly eight thousand a month we have a thirty-four thousand dollars in an ira Instead of traditional investing, we've gone the real estate route and currently have mortgages on three homes. One is a primary residence and two are rentals. Um, and just need some advice. I, I, up until I discovered you guys, um, this was our pretty solid plan. But uh, <laughs> um, is it too late to, to go the traditional investing route? Or No. And it's not necessary that you only do the traditional investing route. Um, I've got a bunch of real estate. As a matter of fact, I have more real estate than I have mutual funds because I love real estate like you do. Um, And so, you know, as long as we're building wealth somewhere, we're certainly not going to be out of there. What I I would want to do is I would want to lean in and have a plan to knock those mortgages out sooner rather than later without panicking about it. So what are the balances on these puppies? Let's see. Primary residence, three hundred and fifteen. Uh, rental number one is two hundred thousand, and then rental number two is two twenty-five. Okay. All right. We do. We you know we we can pay them off in fifteen years. Um, yeah, you probably pay them off a lot faster than that. Probably yeah. pay them off in about eight if you lean into it a little bit. And um, so I, I would start. I mean, you, you throw your rents back at it. Number one, you, you ought to be getting substantial rents on these things. What are, what are the what's the two hundred thousand dollar mortgaged rental worth? Worth about three hundred right now. Okay, you're not making much on that one. What's the uh, two twenty five rental worth? That's worth about three fifty. We okay. added a bathroom and and okay. did some stuff on that yeah you're you're not you're not cash flowing a ton on either one of these you're you're making money but you're not like bailing it or anything no no these were recent acquisitions and uh you know our our plan is to you know 
haven't paid off in 15 years. Yeah. And you can work that, but I, I would work towards paying them off faster. I certainly wouldn't add any more to this because you, you don't have enough equity in these things for them to be making a ton of money. They're, you know, the, 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 this will work out for you, but it's, it's, it's not going to for a while. It's going to be, you're, you're going to be, you know, spinning your wheels for a little while because you just don't have any margin in these things. There's not enough equity for you to have big cash flow. And if you don't have big cash flow, you're not making big money translation right. every dollar you've put into this is not getting an roi yet except an increased value but you're not getting cash on cash rois not to amount to anything do you guys have any other debt uh we do have a car loan at fifteen thousand, but other than that no credit card debt what's your cash position a, you said we we have we have about twelve thousand in the bank right now okay well First thing is you got to get your emergency fund up because you're sitting on a lot of debt and a lot of potential problems with no cash. You get right. two or three heat and airs go out or two heat and airs go out in a water heater blow between these three properties in a short period of span. You got a problem. You're going to be looking at debt. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you love both rentals or is there one of them that gives you a headache that you wouldn't mind you selling? Just, you just got them. I mean, we, we've had them for a couple of years, or a year and a half. Um, okay. We did, Do we love them? Yeah, one of them we really love. We're going to move into at some point, but uh, the other one is just a rental. Yeah. Well, point being, if you're going to, if you want to hold these, if you want to clear them, that's fine. Get rid of them. It's not, you're not going to lose much. Uh, uh, if you want to play through on your plan, what you do need to do is continue to follow the baby steps. Get your emergency fund up. Uh, you need a pretty substantial cash position to be holding this kind of property, probably 75 grand and you're sitting on 12 and, uh, because you've just got a lot of exposure that's going to have cash needs. And the problem is these things all come in threes. Believe me, I've been managing property for 40 years. And so it's just, it's, it's always the perfect freaking storm basement leak, stupid car runs through the fence. I mean, it's something you just. When you own property, it goes with the territory. I love real estate, but it is a hassle compared to owning mutual funds. So number one, get your emergency fund up. Then number two, I would start with a two-pronged approach of getting these paid down pretty aggressively. And also, let's reach over and uh, uh, start that 15% going into retirement. And get rid of this car debt. Oh, definitely. Car debt's got to go before we do anything. That's, uh, you're going to get rid of that tomorrow. That that's just ridiculous. Yeah, not the car, but the car debt. So first, work your baby steps, man. You just start listening. Baby step one's a thousand dollars saved. You've done that. Two is debt free, but the house need knock out the car, like George said. Three is three to six months of expenses saved for emergencies. In your case, I'm going to jack that on up to seventy five because you got heavy expenses with these rentals that you don't have a cash position to cover. Then four is we start put fifteen percent of our income into retirement. You work all of that for the next uh, fifteen years. You're going to have a bunch of paid for property. And you're going to have a pile of cash over in mutual funds also, and you're going to be in really good shape. But you're going to have to lean into it and be very intentional. Sometimes when people first start buying property, and you're a little bit further into this, you're not brand new, but we feel like uh, like it's magic and it's automatically works, and it's anything but magic and anything but automatic. Well, everyone says it's passive income, Dave. There's I saw a TikTok. passive about – anybody that says real estate's passive income is never managed real estate. There's nothing passive about it. It's freaking active as it can be. That's an absurd butt statement when people say that. That's somebody selling a get-rich-quick thing on TikTok. 
You know, that's all that is. It's just not even real. All right. Amanda is in Cincinnati. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for speaking with me. Sure. What's up? Um, so I've been listening for a couple months and trying to implement what I've been hearing. So my husband and I had whole life policies, so we got rid of those. Good. We went with standard, got term and policies, and we have three children, um, six and under, so we did the rider for the children. Good. But um, we have a whole life policy we were talked into getting for my oldest son when he was an infant, and it's 15 years pay, and we are six years in. So should we get rid of that also? Sure. Okay. Absolutely sucks. Yeah, the money you put into it, you're going to get very little out of. It has a horrible rate of return. It is not good for saving money, and it's not good for insurance. You got him covered for insurance now with a rider, right? Correct. Yeah, and so now it's just the question is, is a whole life policy a good investment? To which everyone in the financial planning world that doesn't sell that crap is laughing. Of course it's not a good investment. It's a horrible investment. Much better off to take any money you get out of that policy and any money you are putting into it monthly and put that in a good mutual fund in a 529 for his college. Mm. I thought, Dave, okay. that a whole life policies were going to start to die off, but it's only gotten louder with social media and index universal life and infinite banking and all these concepts now that are being those touted. Aren't, those aren't new, though. Those are 40-year-old ideas. They're making them fancy and slick now with well, one-minute videos. You put them on TikTok with somebody with good hair, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. But, you know, it, it's just it's the same old crap. You know, it's just – yes, Amanda, to answer your question, honey, get rid of your whole life policies. Mm. You've got the child covered. You don't even really need child coverage except enough to bury them if, God forbid, something happens. Because they're not creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You, however, are creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You need to replace that income with a big term life policy, 10 to 12 times your income. So you make 50000 you need five to 600000 on you to, co- to invest. That would then create 50000 and replace the income that is lost with the death of an income-producing adult. Children do not need life insurance except enough for quote, final expenses, we call it, to mm. not have to say. And insurance is not an investment. Don't believe anyone who says it Never. is. Never. Never. Listen, you don't get your muffler fixed at the transmission store. Don't go to life insurance people to do investing. That, you know, I you, seriously, no thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.